0: Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. All right, Chris, it's great to have you on the show. I appreciate you being here. I know you're super busy just starting a new role, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, I think it's really good if you just introduced yourself. Uh, to the to the listeners and I, you know, tell them a little bit about what you did in the military when you got out, and give them a brief overview your, of your career because I know we're going to dive deep into your career. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks, thanks, Joel. So I was um, I, you know, graduated from Auburn University, uh, and then I received my commission in the Marine Corps. I uh, was an infantry officer from 2007 to 2018. I uh, I got out as a major. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, did multiple deployments during that time, but once it was, uh, I decided towards the end of my career, probably about 2015, I wanted to start pursuing the private sector, um, for a, for a multitude of reasons. But, um, I, uh, obviously I got, got in with, uh, Cameron Brooks, which was such a, such a, a, positive experience. And, um, then I went on to, uh, once I got out I went to the career conference, um, which that was pre pandemic. So they were, they were in person, you know, it was a, it was a, a whirlwind three day event that, uh, was, um, it was stressful, but so memorable. So everybody I know uh, is aware of those, but then, um, I got a great job, um, you know, multiple offers coming out of there. I got a great job, uh, first job right out of the Marine Corps. And, um, took it in uh probably the last place i wanted to to live but it was the uh i thought it was the best company that would give me um upward mobility and chance for advancement a chance for a, a multitude of different roles and experiences and um so i took it to where you know the company i, I thought was going to be the best even though it wasn't where i wanted to live um legitimately my last choice so we went there, we're there for about less than a year. Um, and I got, uh, offered a promotion. I, I got to interview for it. I got it. And then I moved to legitimately, what was my second place that I wanted to live when I was, um, you know, a Cameron Brooks candidate. So, uh, it wound up working out for the best. So I got a promotion in less than a year, uh, a couple years later, um, got another promotion and then, I was starting to you know I was getting I was in grad school and starting to look at other opportunities um, in other at other companies and maybe even outside the industry I was in and then I found a role and I, uh, I just started a, a week ago, a week ago today and uh, it's already going well and I've uh, so I've been out not even five years and I have already been promoted um, three times so now I'm a, I'm in a director role. Um, and uh, yeah everything's going great
0: well I think in the, in your story is exactly why I wanted you to to come here to, to fill in more of those details of the story you know we we talk a lot about Chris and in the I should give some background to the listeners because they don't have us that you and I connected probably about a five six weeks ago now um, again yeah. you connected off and on over the years and stayed in touch which I really appreciate Um but we connected about this role that you were going to. And we talked about how you really investing in your career early, making some sacrifices in going to Sacramento with your previous company and how that sets you up for ultimately this opportunity, which you have right now. I mean, it was the impetus that kickstarted all this. And I wanted to share yeah. the story when you told me that because. There are, and I did a podcast on this recently, and I'll put a link in the show notes on how there's a parallel to how you manage your career. Special early is like investing and saving for the future. The more you invest and save for the future early, typically the bigger the next egg that you have. Yep. So that's why you're here. Tell that story. So, you know, Chris, maybe talk about how you approached. Your interview opportunities at the career conference, and your follow-up interviews, and 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 let's talk about let's put the big elephant in the room out there location. That's a one that's a lot of people are not willing to trade off. Yeah, how did you approach that in your career?
1: Yeah, so I, um, you know, when we were in, in all of the uh, the prep work for Cameron Brooks, um, you know, and the developmental uh, work you know, one of the things when, when location was discussed was, you know, really pursue the company that you, that you want um, and the opportunity, you know, don't be so focused on the location. And so I also looked at you all as, listen, you've been doing this for years. You probably know a little bit more than me. So if I'm going, you know, you want what's best for, for, for all of us. So I'm going to probably need to listen to the, the people who know a little bit more than I do. Right. And that's the God's honest truth. The, um, so when, when I was looking at, when I was interviewing, I was sitting there looking at multiple things as is this, is what I'm going to do something that I think I can do every day? Is what I'm going to do. Um, is some of the reasons that I am possibly getting out out of the Marine Corps, will this role cause or have some of those same attributes? So one of the roles I I interviewed for was in an industry that you legitimately were going to have to be on call at certain times, and you could drop everything at the, you know, all of a sudden get a phone call or a, a text or, you know, a page or something, and you would have to be somewhere very quickly, regardless of where you were. Well, one of the reasons why I left the Marine Corps was I had kids and I wanted to be present at their baseball games. I want to be present at their events. And I didn't want to get called away like that to go and have to do work. So um, I didn't want that. So when I was approaching interviewing and my follow-ups, that was that was part of it. And I also kind of knew that um, – you know, you can be in a great spot geographically, but I mean, you can be miserable in a beautiful location. And there, I mean, work. I know. I know. You, you, absolutely. You've been yeah, with work, right? Yeah, you can. You can sit there and say, "Listen, oh man, look at how pretty it is," but you know that you know, eight to 10 hours a day, you're going to have to do something that you don't enjoy. And so, you know, locations change um, and jobs change, but um, I, I was care, I cared more about the opportunity. So like I was saying earlier, the upward mobility, the people that I interviewed with, do I fit with them? And, and when I chose the company, I sat there and also had to take a step back and evaluate myself. Like, Listen, yeah, those guys they they make a lot of money and they do this and they and that industry sounds cool and if I go and say that to somebody it sounds impressive. But that's not me. So, but the the guys here, yeah, if I go and tell people oh I do this, they may not be impressed, but you know what? I fit in with those people. That's where I feel like I belong. So it also took some self-reflection and also kind of knowing who I am as a person to Jump into the uh, the company and the industry that I did, and so that was that was really kind of why how I was approaching when I was interviewing um, or you know when companies when I was going through my interview process.
0: Yeah, I think we really haven't dove into this. No, is, is you, you mean you basically sell plastic? Mm-hmm. Right? If we really sell plastic, down, you sell pl- 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 plastic packaging, and maybe just tell the team what 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 you or the listeners just say. nothing is what what do you sell? Cause I think that's really important. Um, you know, we were going to talk about investing your career, but really your point is you knew yourself and right? You and, well, and the product you were selling was not as important as finding the right fit of the people you'd work with.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, when I was looking at, I knew I wanted to do sales and it, you know, you can, you can sell anything. I, and I hire people to be sellers now who have no experience in my industry. It's just, they're good at, at selling. And so, yeah, I sell plastic packaging uh, and it's not like, Hey, look at me. I'm selling software or some, some fancy, but it's, you know what? Every, everybody eats, even in recession, people are going to have to eat um they're they're going to have it's just going to vary of how they get their food but you know everybody has to eat everybody packaging is everywhere now that i'm in the packaging industry i really notice packaging everywhere i mean so you know i had to buy a cell phone charger yesterday well there's probably three manufacturers that made the packaging for that cell phone charger and that's so it really wasn't important what i was selling i cared more about where i fit in and, um, yeah, it just was, it's been, uh, and I think now I've also, and maybe this is just internally, I'm trying to make myself feel better, but, you know, especially during the pandemic, when everyone was staying home and then you had like New York city, which was having to, was trying to feed a lot of its citizens and a lot of the frontline workers, we were selling packaging sp- that was going directly to those frontline workers that were, you know, working in hospitals and working in in places handling a very large scale COVID outbreak. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's not, it's not a real exciting field, but there is something, um, you know, kind of simple and important about it that if you don't do, And if we don't, if our people in our factory aren't producing and we're not out there selling and telling people what our products can do, then, you know, there's a lot of people that may not get something that they need or may not get, uh, you know, taken care of. So kind of has a, a slightly noble effect, I think. So,
0: I mean, if you're looking, right, well, I mean, I think I don't know the listener's perspective of this, but I know several people that run. One owns a food. Um, it's actually a, uh, a game um, company. So what I mean by game, I don't mean. I mean game f- food. Game like he's got uh, different types of access: dove, quail, and he's served. He and his biggest clients were some of the top restaurants in the country. I mean, like, yeah. the real high end restaurants, and I see his his quail from Broken Arrow Ranch. On there. Yeah. I went kayaking with him right after the pandemic started. And he's like, you know, in the industry, as we talk about risks and things like that, there's there was not any risk assessment that said all restaurants will cease to be able to have people come in and eat their meals. Like it, really, yeah. it was not a model that would predict that. And and he said, like 90% of our business just st- like stopped. But packaging allowed him to do two things. One, the restaurants figured out, okay, we can actually the restaurants became a distributor of meat for him. So you could actually go to restaurants, not only get meals, but you could buy meat at engagement, yeah. things like that. But packaging allowed um had to innovate to be able to do that. Certainly the demand for food packaging specifically was going, you know, just was out, was going crazy. And I think that's sustained. Actually it has to from what I understand. Next, he ended up growing his business from like 90% restaurants now to 40%. You and me just ordering directly from them that now you got to go back to packaging again. So I, yes, I get, I, I, I totally what you're understanding. And I talk to people all the time. Listen, there's. I know there's one company that's out there, not a client of Cameron Brooks. I'll say that I'm not going to use names, but they're not a client. They've got one of the most innovative, amazing healthcare products out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I could go to work for that because because of the the culture of what I know. Yep. At that company again, not a client of Cameron Brooks, but it's not something that I I know I could do because I don't know that I fit with that. And and I think a lot of people associate meaning in work exclusively to the the product. And certainly, you don't yeah. want to be out there selling a product that people don't need. I got that, but people need this. And you mentioned yourself. You mentioned um, packaging coming in the mail from you know the world's largest packaging mover, Amazon, and things that they're doing and being able to do innovative packaging and things like that. There's just a lot of problems that your industry solves and in extending the supply chain and getting the right product, to the right people. But if we just sit, as you said, and focus on its packaging and you compare it to, well, you go to a cocktail party and somebody says, well, I sell software that you know does all this data analytics. Sure, they're going to probably be able to talk a little bit, you know, have more people around them. But I think it's really interesting that you talk about. You just knew yourself well and the fit of the people was really important to you.
1: It was, I, um, you know, when, when you, um, when you're sitting there in a room and you instantly feel comfortable with somebody and then before they left the the company that I wound up going to approached me, I think came through you guys, but they, they wanted to talk to me and they talked to me again. And, you know, when you're at those things, um, <clears throat> when you're when you're interviewing everyone's always pleasant right no one no one is ever going to be rude but they came to me and then they they showed that hey you know we think you would fit in here and and we want you so them kind of going that extra mile um it it did several things one it's like all right well not only do i feel that way but they feel that way as well that i fit in and the other thing was um as I've gone forward and I've been hiring people, if there's somebody that I really like, I let them know it. I don't sit there and try to play so, some sort of game. I will legitimately after an interview, I've, I've even sent people emails and notes and said, listen, you know, we obviously still have several things, but I want to tell you that I personally think that you'd be a great fit here. Here are the reasons why I really enjoyed when we talked about this. So I've, it kind of gave me a good example of like when I know I want somebody to be on my team, I will, I will go the extra mile and make sure that they they're aware of it. So.
0: Yeah. So I think there's a lesson there that we got into that. Um, I don't think has really been addressed too much in previous um, uh, these podcasts about finding a fit is not just the, the product you're going to be selling, but the fit is also people loss. Uh, the culture of the company the other your peers but here's the other thing we haven't talked too much about your customers were a part of that too and also go through what's called distributors which is probably hard to explain into a podcast but you had people that were getting your products that would then go out and sell them to the end not the end not the end user like a consumer but to the restaurant, to the to the the food service companies and things like that those distributors and your customers that were ultimately getting your company's products, those were also people that you just really enjoyed spending time with.
1: I, I do. I, um, you know, and kind of like one of the, uh, the horror, you know, obviously the, the, the whole pandemic was horrible. Uh, you know, people losing their jobs and, and things shutting down and families, you know, not getting to spend the time that they typically would. That being said, you know, one of the great things is even though I couldn't see my customers in person, I got to really know a lot of them because it was like I, I almost I tell people like I, I, I could have been a therapist. I was people I would call people. I'm a big talker. All right. So I'm very adamant to always stay in contact with my customers. And uh, I kind of have the, the, the mantra. If they're talking to me, they're not talking to my competitor. If I'm sitting in their office, they're not my competitors not sitting there. Um, if they're out to dinner with me, they're not out with my competitor. So I I was on the phone with my competitors or my, my competitors, my customers all the time. And I just got to really know them. And, um, you know, I, and I live in the Northeast now. Everybody wants something like this, right? It's a very high pace, high stress environment. But I really think that kind of the hardship that we all went through and I say, we all like, you know, from the restaurant owner to the distributor, to the manufacturer, the, the, the hardship that we went as a lot of people had never, you know, didn't do takeout. A lot, a lot of people weren't doing Uber Eats. They weren't. So they were in coming into packaging for the first time at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, So they, we got to talk them through that. And then, uh, you know, and then as we're coming up with things and, we're getting to work with the distributors. All right, well, I can't get you this, some sort of supply chain issue, labor issue, whatever the case may be, but I can get you this. And based off of your customer's requirements. So through all that hardship, we kind of came out, I think much, uh, you know, I mean, we were a team, like we came out to, I think, stronger together um, because we all had to kind of suffer together, you know? Um, So I, I like my customers. I, I, I talk to them. I I spend time with them. I uh, you know I, I've had customers that as soon as they got in, engaged, like I was like one of the first people they called after they got engaged. Right. Um, you know, I have uh, we've gone on trips together. Uh, I was in Jamaica with some customers earlier this spring. Um, so it's I do I like I like my customers. I, I genuinely like them. I care about them as people, you know, they're not just customers. Um, but I, I, do, I, I really enjoy the market that I'm in the customers that I've had. So it's, yeah, that, that adds to the, to the enjoyment of your job as well, you know?
0: So, you know, let's get, we should, let's back to why did you choose Sacramento? Why did you go there? Yes, it was the people, but what were you thinking, and how did going to Sacramento lead coming really a director in five years, which seems about four or five years early? I mean, that's fast.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, like I said, obviously the the people and the, the the company, but I I really trusted you all that you you what y'all you all told us, hey, it, you know. Pursue the company and the opportunity, um, not necessarily the location. And and listen, um, I also kind of look at like life is all about an adventure. And I had never even been to Sacramento. I mean, the first time I had ever been to Sacramento was when I showed up to find a house for us to live in and put a rental deposit down on it. Like that was the first time I'd ever been. But, you know, there's for one I, uh, I knew I wasn't going to be deploying, so I knew I'd get to still have my family there. Um, while it wasn't where we wanted to live, I mean, you know, the the mountains are not far. Uh, I, I'd only been to San Francisco once, so I was like, you know, we could pop down to San Francisco. We could get the wine country. Um, we actually have my wife's cousins live in the area, not in Sacramento, but they live uh, in some of the surrounding cities um, and Reno's right over the hill. I mean, Lake Tahoe's not far. So I, I knew that it would only be temporary um, and I'm not going to sit there and let uh, something that's going to be a temporary pain uh, influence a long-term game, you know? So I, um, that was, I, my wife and I talked about it. I mean, we lived in DC and she was climbing the ladder on Capitol Hill. She was very successful. Um, and, but, you know, we took a chance. Um, and I'm also, I'm, I'm real big into taking chances, you know, taking risks. They got to be calculated, but I, I took that, I took that chance and I, I worked hard. Um, <clears throat> I actually had, I, the, the, my name got thrown into the hat for a promotion by another Marine who is a Cameron Book Brooks alumni who said, I know you're trying to get to the Northeast. This role's coming open. Would you be interested? And so, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have known that if when I got there, I hadn't heard about this guy and I reached out to him. So I, You know, as you go on, whether it's you're in sales or whatever, like it's, you know, building my network early on internally and externally is probably what helped me. And, you know, I found out now once I got hired at this role as in my director role that after I interviewed, they actually reached out to some of my customers and said, what do you think? And they all endorsed me. So that's that I think speaks you know to but that comes because you I always try to do right by people and I always I always try to do my best so
0: well I'm curious how did being in San Francisco or not San Francisco but Sacramento allow you um how did it allow you to um ultimately get the promotion that you were looking for and get to to um uh new hampshire an ideal state for you yep and then it put you on the track to get to this role that you have today yeah i mean the
1: um the the great thing was was when i um when i came into the role they wanted me because no one had been in that territory we didn't have a sales rep in that territory for like six to nine months um so I, I got there, and uh, let's just say that a lot of the um, a lot of the relationships between the customers and my company were fractured um, or non-existent. So I got there and immediately, um, you know, I really kind of came into an area where I, it had nowhere to go but up, and so I, I immediately uh, just I always tried to return people's calls. I, I knocked on doors. I'm, I, I try to make myself available and, and realize and make people realize that I was working uh, for them. I wanted what was best for them and for, for us. Um, And, you know, had I gone to an area where you know, maybe they had had a rep before. If you, sometimes if you go into an area where they've had the same rep for like the last 20, 30 years, you're always going to be compared to that individual, right? I got to come into an area where um, we hadn't had representation, the representation that had been there, uh, you know, maybe was less than stellar, um, you know, even before that six to nine month period. So I got in there and it, I, I got to really hop in and get my, my feet wet with, um, and kind of turn things around. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, had I not gone in there, but gone to somewhere maybe that already had, and it also, I think that the thing is, is that it, it showed the company. I mean, you got to think with, within 12 months, I did two cross country moves for the same company <laughs> from DC to Sacramento, Sacramento to New Hampshire so i i'm obvious i was i think it also shows that hey you're you're willing to put yourself out there and to, to to do what's needed so
0: we have a saying here nothing ventured nothing gained sometimes people don't want to venture well that's okay just recognize it's very difficult to gain let's go back to invest it nothing sacrificed yeah. nothing gained Right, I mean, you, no, absolutely. You, you sacrifice. You sacrifice investing, you put some money away. Take a little bit of a risk. So, somebody make a trade off. So instead of going to your ideal location or whatever, I'm not sure I would go to California. I mean, that's a big. <laughs> I say that because I know there's a, I know there's people out there think. Well, does that mean I have to go to California? No, it. it you don't have to do that. I mean, Chris, you're you're, you're probably more of an extreme yeah. example. Um, <laughs> But, you know, maybe it's I see I was, I was talking to somebody today like, well, I only want to be in Dallas. OK, I'll stretch to San Antonio and Houston. OK, um, nothing ventured, nothing gained. It's possible you gain, but it's more difficult. Yeah. What does it look like to expand? What are you willing to, 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 to trade off on? Well, I'm only willing to trade off just to a couple of cities in Texas. Well, I'm only willing to put one hundred dollars in every month. And well, that's not going to net the same return in twenty years that say maybe five hundred dollars would, and and that's yeah. what we're trying to be on inv- thinking about investing. Now the upside is if you can put five hundred dollars away when you're early and young, that's a lot of money when you're later, <laughs> like you, right? It's it, you're quite yeah. like that later, but you made those investments, you ventured. Whoa, what did that lead to? A big return on the investment? This other company contacts you. I've got this level of a role you write the job description. What's it going to, you know, what's it going to take to get you? You mean you had a great opportunity come right to you. You Does that happen to everybody? No, but it's a great example of nothing ventured, nothing gained. You invested and that led to a pretty sizable return probably financially and career investment and success later. That's the reason I wanted you here.
1: Yeah. And, you know, here's the great thing too about like being willing to kind of put yourself out there is that I from my very limited experience and I don't think this just applies to my industry I think it's it's most industries most industries are are very um they're when it's all said and done with they're very small and people really kind of they kind of go back and forth you know so like I have a friend that's in the firearms industry and it's really legitimately like you work at this firearm manufacturer, you go to this manufacturer, you go to that firearm manufacturer, you get there. It's all the same. And the same kind of applies in my industry and and multiple other industries. I, I think it's not just the one that I'm currently in, but the great thing is, is I had that experience in California. I've got East coast experience. Now, because the role that I have is national, I already know some of the some of the, the the customers on the West Coast. It's not new. I already know know those guys and 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 know some of those people. So had I not been out there, I I wouldn't have that I wouldn't have that those relationships already. Now I'm gonna get a national role so I I'm getting the rest of the country right. I'm from Alabama. So I I do have some contacts and stuff in the Southeast. Um, and now I'm going to get the center of the country. So had I not taken that chance and, you know, got to go and, and, and work with people that I I might not have, if I just said, I've got to be here, it's, it's all going to pay off. So, yeah, I mean, it was, and, and from a family perspective, um, it, it's great because I we have got to live so many places between the Marine Corps and and being in the private sector that, um, you know, I think we're better for it. For one, we've had some, some great adventures and now we're in a great location that we absolutely love and we love where we live. We love our neighborhood um, and we've both got great jobs that we, we truly enjoy. So, it's, it's all paid off, but because we did take that make that sacrifice earlier in our careers, we're much more grateful for what we have now, you know? And we're much more appreciative for what we have because our life is is really simple, you know? I mean, where we live now, I can get anywhere I need to be in about seven minutes. <laughs> we had to drive somewhere not long ago. It was like 25 minutes away, and my wife was like, I didn't realize this was this far. Well, 25 minutes anywhere else in the country is no big deal. But in New Hampshire, it's like, oh, I don't know if we need to get all the way out there. So,
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, as we close out this podcast, Chris, what would be your parting thoughts to officers thinking about transitioning or in the middle of the transition process?
1: I would say when you are looking to... For one, you listen to uh, the Cameron Brooks team, and that's not Joel did not tell me to say that. I truly mean it because that's that's what I did. I think you need to look for the the culture. Um, and listen, you are being interviewed, and you do um, you do have to get a, a job and establish yourself. And you're not going to get the you know you're not always going to get everything you want, but um, I do think there are certain things and culture is probably one of the biggest ones. If you don't feel comfortable, don't be something that you're not and don't try to get into an industry just because you think it's going to sound good um, or it's going to have a, a major payday because there's, there's always, uh, there's always a, a give-get, right? So um, be willing to put yourself out there. Be open to Uh, an opportunity that may not be what you want. Um, And I also looked or may not be where you want, but I also looked at a company that I could have upward mobility, diagonal mobility. Hey, maybe I'm in sales, but as I get in, Hey, maybe I want to do something in operations. Am I going to be in an organization where I can, I can kind of make that jump. So that was, that was something important to me as well. Um, Obviously stayed in sales, but I did want that option because you, you just, you know, you never know, but, if you are willing to make, uh, you know, kind of invest in your in your career and be willing to make a, a little sacrifice early, it's it's going to pay off. Um, and people people want your skill, your skills. Um, they want your your teamwork, your your work ethic, your ability to show up, uh, <laughs> just show up to work. Your ability to be prepared, all of those things. You you all of you all are invaluable. So. That would be what I would uh, I would say to all the people that are that are going through the program.
0: Chris, thanks for being such a great guest, lending your insights, some great perspectives here. You certainly. No, will.
1: thanks, Joel. Thanks, thanks for having me. And and hey, another kind of pitch for Joel. When I was looking to to move, and anytime I've kind of made a career decision, I've I've always reached out to Joel, and he's always made the time for me and given me some really good advice. So I uh, I do appreciate that.
0: Uh, you're welcome. I try not to give you advice and rather ask you more questions and let you get to the,
1: <laughs> you do it's, it's the, it's probably the most action It's the, the most actual Socratic method that I've ever been a part of. People always use that statement, but you actually do it to where at the end, it was like, it's like glaring you in the face. Like, all right, so this is a decision I should make. So <laughs> I do appreciate it.
0: You're, you're welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, you
0: bet.